0: joining us again. Um, We do a lot of praying about what we should discuss uh, on our webinar. And today, um, I want to share something that I learned that might help you. When I was saved about 68, 69 years ago, uh, I went to something called Woolworths, which only people my age even remembers that they were around and bought a Bible. And uh, the I would say through the Navigators, which is a wonderful organization and has stayed really true down through the years to their commitment. Well, they were um, memorizing verses and so on, and they were telling me that I should mark my Bible. And I thought, the Bible is holy. It's a holy book of God. How can I mark the Bible? And they're saying, no, no, God wants you to mark it. And, and also they had to talk me into it. Well, I didn't understand about Bible paper. And I marked my Bible with different things. And after a while, they bled through and I couldn't use my Bible. So I want to encourage you to mark your Bible, but I would like to tell you A very inexpensive way Uh, and they they are these. These are colored pencils that you can get a lot of places. I do know they sell at the store that has, it's called with a W and it's all over the United States. If I say their name, they'll probably have to donate to our ministry. So, (laughs) but, uh, and this is plenty enough. There's 24 different colors in here. And you pick a color for a subject that you would like to be able to go back and look through the Bible. And one of the subjects that helped me uh, to learn about prayer was marking prayer. See, when you're marking something, you have a tendency to read it slower and you really get it. I mean, it's amazing how you can read the Bible through fast, but if you're marking, you can't read fast. You've got to go slow down and think of what you're reading. So I marked all the verses on prayer. Now, if there was a wonderful prayer promise, I marked them in green, but I would go to the verse and circle the verse. That means I wanna come back and memorize it. I I don't have time right now, I'm memorizing other things, but this is worth adding to my, up here. and be able to have recall of that verse, that promise on prayer. Um, And so prayer was, I I understood prayer. Uh, I looked at uh, carefully when someone prayed, did God answer? How did he answer? And so I was learning about prayer from the word of God because I was really taking an interest because I wanted God to tell me everything in the Bible that he has on prayer. Well. Uh, there are other things that you can mark, too. I don't want to tell you the colors, but there's a beautiful color in here. You you probably can't see it. It's right here, this one. And this color is a beautiful magenta. And it's I think it's the prettiest color because you got 24 different colors. They don't bleed through. Um, and they're just colored pencils that really work. But I use that for the Lord and for God. So I would mark them whenever it said God or the Lord in that magenta color. So when I open my Bible and see magenta, I know it's about the Lord or God speaking, something like that. Uh, Another uh, one that I would encourage you to mark, and it really helped me to understand, I use yellow to mark spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare was not something that was taught in the Bible college I went to. And so as I went to the Bible and marked every reference to the enemy and things about the enemy in yellow, I began to be amazed how much in every single epistle and gospels have the enemy in it. And I had no idea. And so as I marked all of that, I was gathering all the information in scripture on this one subject that I could really look at it, not from somebody's book, but from God's book, God's holy book. I wanted to do that. So I used yellow and I could tell you others, but I just want you to realize that probably the best thing you could do is to begin to mark your Bible. This will not bleed through. I've had Bibles I've marked for years with these colors and always the same color in every Bible um, that um, they don't bleed through and it's not gonna ruin your Bible. So if you want to underline or mark uh, a word or whatever, this is really good. And you will find that when you are marking a subject, you're going to grow in your information of that subject more amazingly. So I want to tell you about a subject, and that's what we're going to talk about today in my marking that opened my eyes very, very um, In a way, um, to understanding that I never understood before. And that is marking blessing and curses. You say, that's kind of strange. Well, in the Bible, it says, bless and curse not. I thought about that. The, The Bible makes me think a lot of going, what strange bedfellows. I mean, it's like black and white. You know, um, they're just totally opposites. But what do they have in common? And I thought about it a lot. Why are we told to bless people, but not to put a curse on them? Now, blessings are designed in Scripture to bring benefit into your life. Some type of benefit uh, or positive results in your life. But curses bring negative results and I'm glad I, I had started to mark curses in Bible and you see someone's curse what happens Jesus cursed the fig tree what happened to the fig tree it withered up and died Wow you know it said that Peter at the crucifixion he began to uh, swear and to put a curse on himself if he knew Jesus. Uh, And that was really strong. I mean, that was a very unwise thing for Peter to do. But as I began to, I guess, first of all, maybe was visiting the Native Americans. And you can't see it, but I have stuff on a wall here. This wall, see over there? Just look. Uh, There is, uh, I have Native American artifacts and things they've given me from the various reservations that I ministered on. And I learned on on these reservations that the the Native Americans feared curses. And uh, I was exposed to that. Then as I began to travel to various countries around the world, the people live in fear of being cursed. And if they are cursed, how do you break it? Now we're not going to go into curses. That could be another time. That's really spiritual warfare, uh, but let's spend some time on blessings today. I just—it's something that has faded in our culture. Um, when I was first saved, it was people would say, "God bless you." It's so good to see you. God bless you. Have a great day. That that blessing of God was put on lots of people and lots of things. And, um, but today you don't hear it. You don't hear about blessings that much. It's kind of faded. Okay. I want to, um, look in the Bible. I think may help you uh, by looking. And I, I mention I have some of the scriptures. I'll give them to you. You can jot them down. Uh, and we don't, we're not sophisticated enough to have the verses pop up on the screen, uh, and all of that, that would, uh, probably, uh Cost money, and um, our ministry has a second name. It's called shoestring, <laughs> and it has a few nuts in it too. Um, God always provides for us, but uh, uh, we're not sitting around. How can we spend the overage? <laughs> in fact, I well, don't 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 send so much money to us that we would we'd probably faint. I'd have a heart attack. What are we going to do with all the overage? <laughs> but anyway the blessings um let's look at blessings in the first blessing i i looked them up for you is in genesis um 27. um and this is an interesting blessing because it is it's jacob and esau and they were brothers, but they didn't have anything else in common except that they were brothers. They were as different as day and night. And so Jacob was the younger brother, and he wanted to steal his brother's blessing. And I'm, I'm going to read here in Scripture. In in Genesis uh, 27, uh, he uh gone out his mother helped him to deceive his father with clothes and the smell the outdoors because he was a, uh, a very uh inside he was a guy writing poetry when his brother was outside shooting things um to- totally different guys with different likes and so on and so he his father said the cell the. Ah, this smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. So he, he thought he did everything to deceive his dad because dad had bad eyesight and so on. And so he blessed him and he put this blessing on him. And I'm going to read the blessing. From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain. a a bountiful new wine. May the nations become your servants. May they bow down to you. May you be the master over all your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. And all who curse you will be cursed. And all who bless you will be blessed. And so Isaac had finished the blessing. And when he finished, he left as soon as possible. And Esau came in. Now Esau was the outdoors, uh, very struggled guy. And Isaac, as he ran in, Isaac, his dad with poor eyesight, he began to tremble uncontrollably and said, if this is Esau, Then who just served me with wild game? I have already eaten and I blessed him just before you came. And he makes a statement that is very important in blessings. And I want you to remember this. And yes, even though that was a stolen blessing, even though that blessing was given by deceit, the word of God says, this blessing must stand. It can't be taken back. Once it's blessed, it goes forth in the power of that blessing, and you can't take it back. Well, Esau does something that's totally out of character for him. This, this rough and tumble man weeps. He weeps. Have your kids come to you and weep that you will bless them? We've lost something. Something is fading away in our culture. Uh, It's just, it's sad. But the blessing was so important. And as he was, Esau pleaded, he said, Dad, do you only have one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. And he wept. And finally his father said to him, You will live away from the riches of the earth, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by your sword. You will serve your brother. But when you do decide to break free, you will shake hands his yoke from your neck. And so he blessed his son with a blessing. It's an unusual blessing. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't want that blessing on me, Uh, but he's outside outdoors uh, going to be in battles and all of that. But this is interesting. In chapter 28, although Isaac knows that his son, Jacob, had um, lied and stole a blessing. And Jacob is going to leave the home because his brother's going to kill him. So, verse 28, verse 1 of Genesis says, Isaac called for Jacob. And bless him. This is the second time. Blessed him and said, you must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go to the house of your grandfather and marry of your uncle Laban's, one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God almighty bless you and give you many children and may your descendants multiply and become many nations may god pass on to you and your descendants the blessing he promised to abraham may you own the land where you are now living as for as a foreigner for god has given this land to abraham and so he left so he got a second blessing from his father and he went. Um, We see here that it's not just a cultural thing if you study blessings in scripture, but it's an important thing that we learn from culture. And to me, I was amazed that a a stolen blessing uh, given by deceit could not be broken. So it tells the permanency, if you bless somebody, it, it, it goes on, it, it will go on and be a blessing. Now we wanna go uh, back to that because I put some things that uh, were important to me. Our um, daughter, uh, our oldest daughter was gonna get married. Well, I had the privilege of performing the wedding and I thought, what should a family do when their daughter's gonna get married? say goodbye. Um, you know, we put some um, rocks in your suitcase and uh, took your clothes out or whatever, you know, and put Jello in the bathtub and all this kind of stuff. Now, what do you do? And I thought, well, scripture must have something that you did say goodbye, have a good marriage. Uh, what do you do? Well, I'd like to read. I'm telling you, I never would have found these if I hadn't marked them, because when I marked them, and I marked this long before my daughter was going to get married. She's the oldest, and it was the first one that got married. Uh, What does scripture say? And I'd like to read to you what God gave to me, Uh, and, and this has been passed on in our family. So I'm saying, okay, God, what do I do? And I thought. I remember something about somebody getting married in scripture. I want to read that. And it happens to be, it happened to be Jacob's, uh, not Jacob, but Esau, uh, Rebecca. It's going to be his bride. In fact, it was the mother of these two boys. And uh, it's a wonderful thing because remember he said, I don't want you to marry anyone that is of the of the Canaanites and so on go back to the family, the original family, and marry one of those. Well, they sent he sent his servant out and the servant prayed. And that's a wonderful prayer. When I would teach, in fact, I think we have a video on their website, spiritual dating, we use that illustration of that servant going out to find the girl. What was he looking for? What did the father want the girl's qualities to be? that his son would marry. Uh, oh, there's so much in scripture. But see, if you don't mark it, it's just like in and out. But when you mark it, it's somehow, it's up there in the file. And so when our oldest daughter, who's watching this right now, our daughter, Cheryl, she's turning red and <laughs> blushing. Um, but when she was going to get married, um, I thought, what about Rebecca? What happened? It seemed to me something happened. Rebecca. In her family, because remember, they hadn't even met the husband, they hadn't met the guy she's going to marry. So, Rebecca, it's let me read this to you. So they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The women had been uh Re- Rebecca's childhood nurse went along with her, and the family gave this blessing as she parted. She left the family to get married with the family putting a blessing on her. And the blessing is, our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. Now, Cheryl's thankful I didn't we didn't use this on her. <laughs> <laughs> and may your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. But that was the blessing that was put on her. So what we did is Cheryl gathered her her wedding dress and we're going to put it in the car. The family gathered around her, the whole family, each member of the family and blessed her before we left the house for the church. Uh, See, I'm telling you, there's so much in scripture and your life could be so enriched if you mark it. See, if I hadn't marked that, it wouldn't have stood out. Oh, yeah, she got married and the family blessed her. But she didn't leave. To be married until the family had blessed her you know when to say thank god cheryl you're gone <laughs> <laughs> no it was so hard and then when richard our son uh the the last one to get married uh was a youth pastor the family was spread out and uh in fact uh richard had gotten an apartment my wife wanted him to get an apartment because she said, you need to know the cost of having a wife and you don't living in the house. So you get out of an apartment and you'll see, can you afford to have a wife and so on? So at, at the church, because the family was all there and they'd come from different parts of the United States. And my sister was there too. And we all gathered around Richard before he married Diana. And each one prayed a blessing on him. So what better send off could you have for... Christian kids entering into marriage then the family blessing them as they go. Uh, today, the kids are saying, hey, mom and dad are getting married Saturday if you'd like to come. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just, we're losing something, something important of, you know, would, would your son or daughter weep if they didn't get a blessing? Or no big deal. And it's it's our culture. It's where we are. And anyway, I I just wanted to share that with you. Um, now, if you have a family, I want to read this to you because it's really beautiful. Uh, it's in the Psalms, and I saw it there. I I'm outliving my doctors. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But anyway. My doctors are dying or retiring and I'm getting these new ones. Well, I was getting a new doctor, and my doctor was telling me, he said, Well, I'm retiring. And I said, Brother, you know, hey, I should be retiring. And he said, Well, I said, first of all, I'm on. is he a practicing doctor or a real one? <laughs> He's a real one. That's a good. I, I've been practiced on for years by you, and I don't need to be practiced on again by somebody different well i'm the new doctor came and the first day we're there uh, he begins to share his testimony how he received christ and he's a born-again believer which thrilled me so i decided i would bless him by giving him uh one of the books i wrote but i didn't give it in russian because he's not russian i decided to give him the english version but in the book as i gave it to him I wrote this dedication, and you you ought to use this. As believers, we ought to use something like this a lot. And this is in Psalms 115, 14, and 15. May the Lord richly bless both you and your children. And may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Do you want to be a blessed person? Um, What does the scripture say? What are the, what do I need to do? I'm sorry, moving things around here, but I I want to go to the King James because this particular psalm means much more to me from the King James than other versions. And it's Psalms one. And it's how we can be blessed. When our children, we we had a scripture verses we wanted to memorize. And this was the first verse my four-year-old son, or the first chapter my four-year-old son memorized. The whole family was memorizing Psalms 1. It's important. It says, blessed is the man. Do you want to be blessed? Would you like God to bless you? What do I have to do? Well, he tells us he- some things I can't do if I want to be blessed, and some things I need to do. Uh, this will make a good sermon. Then we're going to take an offering. <laughs> Someone got an offering basket. i pass it around here. Okay, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now I had kids that were going to public school uh, at that time, and there were teachers there that. That were going through a lot of struggles. Um, you know, I didn't know who the counselors were at that school and so on. And so, if I want to be blessed of God, I cannot get ungodly counsel. Now, how do I know if the counsel I'm getting is godly counsel or not? Well, if it violates scripture, it's not godly counsel. And you can get ungodly counsel from Christians because it violates Scripture. The idea is not every ungodly counsel you get is from someone who's ungodly. Oh, yeah, if I was you, I would what? What does the Scripture say? Should you do that? You know, the the final authority for life is the Word of God. God is giving us everything for life and godliness, and don't forget that. So it's in the book. So if I'm marking stuff. See, I'm going back to the marking, but it's so important because it makes me read slower. You know, I tried reading the Bible through in a year, and I couldn't remember half of what I read, because it was so th- I got to read it now because I'm I'm behind. I got to read three chapters now real quick, and I'm not. I don't care if it takes you half a lifetime to read the Bible through once, if you're reading carefully and marking and getting what God is saying, because God has given us what we need to do. So if you want to be blessed of God you want to be sure you don't follow uh, ungodly counsel because what will it do? It'll put you in the lifestyle of a sinner. That's the second thing. You want to be blessed of God? You can't be in the lifestyle of a sinner. If you are following all the people around you that don't know God and they're setting your values and standards, you will not be blessed of God. So you want to be blessed of God? I cannot uh, stand in the way or the lifestyle of a sinner, nor sit in the seat of a scornful. Now, our daughter, um, Wendy, came to me, she's memorizing, It's just, dad, what's a scornful? <laughs> I don't wanna sit there, but what's a scornful? And well, I don't know, but don't sit there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm laughing because I laughed at the time. Yeah, memorize that. But yeah, you know, what's memorizing words if you don't know what they mean? So we looked it up. And it's actually someone, uh, a scorner is someone who mocks God or laughs at God's ways. Oh, get a blessing before you're married from your parents. That's dumb. Oh, really, is it? Yeah, Uh, that kind of thing. That's what a, a scornful is. It'll lead you there eventually. And it's a downhill thing. I'm getting the wrong counsel. I'm getting into a lifestyle of of an unbeliever. And then I'm going to begin scorning when I hear what God wants me to do. Uh, I can't do that. I won't do that. But remember we told you last time, one of the key words in all the Bible is but. And here it comes. But. The guy who's blessed. But what? He delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law, does he meditate or think on day and night? And if he does that, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And he will bring forth fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. That's a man who's blessed of God. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, and you can claim that. You know, you see, I mean, I look in the mirror and I go, God, my leaves are all withered. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm looking at. But the ungodly are not so. They're not going to be blessed of God. You know, they're going to be like the chaff, which the wind blows and drive it away. It means they're going to go back and forth. They're just always every whatever comes along. They're carried away with this, carried away with that. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They won't have a leg to stand on because they're guilty. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So when you get counsel, don't get counsel that you want to hear. Get the right counsel. It may be difficult to say, okay, God. But if you follow God's word and God's counsel, he will bless you. I mean, that, that, that's what he will do. Um, in Jeremiah, it also is a parallel passage. A parallel passage is a scripture somewhere else in the Bible that says the same thing. And this is about uh, Psalms 1. It says, thus saith the Lord. Um, cursed, he <laughs> puts curse on in black again. Cursed be the man that trusts in man, or maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Don't trust in people. There's not a person worthy of your trust. For he shall be like the guy doesn't do that. He shall be like a heath in the desert. He shall not see a de- uh, a a desert deer like. He shall not uh, see. Uh, let me see. Let me read it. He shall be like a heath in the desert, and shall not see when the good shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land. That that's the one that's cursed. But blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord whose hope the Lord is for he shall be like a tree planted by waters that spread out their roots by the river and shall not see when he comes her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So, you know, there's the ungodly man and the godly man. Um, you know it's what was interesting when we went to israel and things were happening in israel and uh, we had this sort of detour. so we went down to jericho down this the road that J- jesus and uh, mary and joseph would have gone down that road to jericho and up to jerusalem and on one side is a judean wilderness where jesus was tempted by satan and the wilderness one on the other side of the road too, sandy, grubby stuff, not very green. But as you looked, the Jordan River was on that side of the road. And I could tell where the Jordan River was, but I couldn't see it because you could see the trees. And it was interesting as you're driving along the Jordan River through the, the desert area of Israel The shrubs got greener and taller the closer they came to the river. And that's the picture, he says, of someone who meditates in God's word, who thinks about. I mean, I've been thinking about what to say to you and talk to you about and so on. Um, There's one more thing I want to do, and we're going to close with this. Um, It must be in here. It's in... Numbers, yes. And this is something as a pastor, I did every Sunday. But this is something that they're not doing anymore in a lot of churches. I've been in many, many churches. I've spoken, I think, in every state in the United States and in churches in those states. And, you know, and I sat there as the end. I gave my message and the end of the service. But very seldom do we hear this today, but we heard it all the time before. And that is the blessing on the congregation before they leave. And we should demand, you've got to bless me. We should weep. (laughs) We're going to sit here and just cry to you. Bless us, Pastor. We're not leaving. (laughs) You're appointed. This is your position to bless us. So I want to put this blessing on you that are watching. I'd like to end our blessing with a blessing. And I've, I prayed through this last night, thinking about it and so on. See, so, May the Lord bless you. May you have God's protection on your life, over your home, and over your family. May the Lord smile on you. And that is may the Lord be pleased with your decisions today that you're going to be making the things, uh, the choices you make. May you be under the smile of the Lord and may he be very gracious to you. My sister and I when we would go to people's homes with my mom and dad, we would look at my mom and her face said if we were doing good or not doing good, she sometimes would kind of look grouchy and we knew uh-uh, we're not doing well. And may the Lord show you his favor and may the Lord give you his peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give I unto you, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May you walk today and may you experience right now where you are, this unbelievable supernatural peace. May it settle down upon you, upon your issues, upon the problems God sees. And God wants to bless you. And Father, I pray, pour out your blessing on those who are watching this video. In Christ's name, I ask this. Amen.